For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. This is Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. for breakfast on SCNZ. It's Wednesday the 11th of May. I'm back. Louis back. Kempi's back. The team is back. How are you boys? Look forward to having a chat to you shortly but it's just after 6 o'clock. Thanks for joining us this morning. Big show for you today. Interesting news overnight about the proposed global calendar. Basically six nations from the north and south. Promotion relegation matches at the end of it. Uh, Still in the early days of conversations, big meetings happening over in Dublin, but we're going to chat to Alex Lowe. Alex Lowe is a rugby correspondent for the Times, and he had exclusive uh, rights for the story and pretty much broke the story overnight. So uh, we're going to have a wee chat to him. Looking forward to that. Big, big news. I'm for for it. And there may be a global calendar uh, for the Super Rugby sides and the major clubs over in Europe, maybe potentially playing a club championship match like they do in the game of league uh, seeing how the success that that's had in league I think is needed in rugby but just trying to get clubs aligned is a difficult thing at the moment but we're looking forward to ripping into that and then local talent doing some things in sport in New Zealand that you might not be aware of Blake Bernard is a Taranaki youngster only 15 years of age and he won the national eight ball pool competition the youngster well done to him. He's going to join us on the show to talk about that uh, win at the at the national championships and uh, obviously playing with his old man as well. Got the father-son championship title. Had to carry his old man on his back, so wherever we chat to him about that. And then after eight, we're going to chat to my hometown NBL basketball coach of the Taylor Hawks, Mc, McDowner. After smashing Kempe's ears, they'll take on the Southland Sharks tomorrow night down there in the deep south. So uh, that is a big show for you today. Remember, Quizzy Dag. You heard the ads before. Quizzy Dag, 0800 150 811. Quizzy Dag, take on the Quizmaster and you'll win. You'll go on a draw to win a trip to the Gold Coast. Flights, accommodation, everything like that sorted. Head over to the V8 Supercars. Thanks to the team at Willamette Travel. So remember, Quizzy Dag, every day. If you win it, you go on the draw. 0800-150-811, and even better, we want to hear from you on the text machine. There's lots to talk about. The Warriors team's been named. 
the rugby, big weekend, Brumbies v the Crusaders, the new proposed competitions that are about. So there's lots of chat. So give us a text on the Temper Bedpost text machine, double eight double three. Love to hear from you. Anyway, that's enough for me. I'm going to head over to Auckland and say good morning to the team. Louie, Kempi, Joe, Kez, and Morena to Aroha. Morning, team. Morenos. Um, where are you, mate? You look like you're in a, in a hotel somewhere. You, you've, you're, not, uh, you're not in the pool house, mate. The couch is too flesh. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm in, um, in Tutukaka, uncle. I'm up there where the famous horse is named, though. So I'm up here, <laughs> up the far north. Um Doing a wee show, team. Yeah, so what we're doing, we're travelling around New Zealand and we're doing up some clubs around uh, around the country and we're in a place called Opuafunga and there's a, a little tennis club here. It's random, in the middle of nowhere. And uh, you drive down this, this gravel road and there's this little tennis club there. So we're currently at the tennis club. We're just doing some renovations and yeah oh, yes I am I'm on the tools mate how do I tools. get how do I get you to come down to my league club and watch it uh yeah just jump in line jump online I'm on there today <laughs> for sure mate if you're doing up if you're doing up tennis, tennis clubs and to the to the I'm gonna get you up here uh, down back down at white mate and get our get our club sorted out yeah yeah do it. look it's um it's a cool thing we're doing I'm doing it with beaver as well and um yeah, look, we, we're just going to hit it. We know how important our clubs are. Hunk. We talk about it every week, the pathways, development, and a lot of these clubs struggle. But it's not, we're not only just going to do uh, rugby and league clubs. We want to get around to the whole, you know, around to New Zealand and parts of New Zealand where people probably don't venture that often and, and help clubs. Like this tennis club, it's got the best community feel ever. Like you just, you turn up, there's... Farmers from up the road, um, you know, school teachers, just real hearty locals that head down. They all pitch in, they help, um, and uh, yeah, it's just it's a it's a cool thing. So it's a feel good story for us as well, and, and we're kind of giving back and um, just just trying to help these these clubs stay afloat and stay alive. And yeah, so it's 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 something that we're doing, me and Beave, and, and we're enjoying it. So part of the job is we've got to travel around New Zealand, so we've taken the kit with us, Beaver. Was doing his show last night on the drive with Kirsty in in my room, so he's obviously put in my room because he didn't want to wake up at five o'clock. So it's in my room, and uh, yeah, that's what we're doing, lads. It's a pretty pretty cool initiative. Talking about giving back, what about what about Louis? He must have it wrapped up out there somewhere in the in the bigger no, room, not this room. That, no, no, no. that roast stuck, mate. That he cooked yeah. last night. Come on, mate. You've been away all weekend. You've seen oh. photos of roast stuck, and where is it? Well, Joe actually said that he didn't like it because he didn't like that it had been plucked. He he, he couldn't quite wrap <laughs> his head around. What is? He, does he eat them he, with the feathers on? Well, he just he was actually shocked. He kind of <laughs> he was like, well, who who did the filleting? Who who defeathered it? He said. <laughs> Who de-feathered it? Real words. What, what, what is that? Is that Gen Y or is it Gen Z? It's Gen, that's Gen Cooked. Gen Cooked. That's Gen it, Cooked like my duck. tasty, Louis. Mate, he oh, would only so have duck to talk, talk us through it, mate. Talk us through that first bite. Come I'll, on. I'll be honest. I've eaten, I've eaten lots of ducks and I don't actually, not a massive fan of duck traditionally because they can be quite gamey. You can yeah. get a duck that's been eating the wrong stuff, and they can be quite gamey. And and if you overcook duck, it can be tough work. Yeah, we've just nailed this duck last night. Like <laughs> we, we we haven't we haven't worked it. We didn't even weigh it. It was a, it's a bit smaller. Yeah. But the, and we did a little Jamie Oliver recipe, and 
Jamie Oliver, I mean, you got to give it to the man. I hadn't considered this, but you know when you roast a chicken or you roast a, a whatever, you put it in a roasting dish, so like yeah. all of the juices and stuff stay in the dish. Well, to get the duck crispy and to get the duck like a lot of the kind of, you put a, put a couple of um, oranges in there, some garlic, some rosemary, uh, you put like a five Chinese five spices rub on it, and to keep it crispy and to get the kind of um, all the, the fat out of it, you don't roast it in a dish. You just roast it on the bars in your oven, and then you have underneath it, in another dish on the other kind of level of your oven, like onions, garlic, carrot, and the roast duck drips into that one, and then that's what you make your gravy out of. Oh. And Jamie Oliver's just, you got to give it to the man. I mean, who's, who's thinking of that stuff? I don't know, that might be quite common, but I'd never done a roast <laughs> like that. And um, the, surely you've used the gravy from your roast. Yeah, but not usually. Usually in that same yeah, the it, same thing. But yeah. because that it was dripping out, and the duck was actually sitting up on like a level, almost like when you barbecue. You know, you have it off your yeah, you have it off your slow barbecue something. You have it off your um, off the grill, and the duck was just crispy, and then pulled apart. Took the took the uh, breasts off it. The Legs. Shannon's got a little roast to take to work today. I've got a little duck sandwich I'm going to have later on. It's just, oh. it was one of life's true pleasures cooking a duck after you banged it. Well, one, <laughs> one day we might get to taste it as. Yeah, one day. One day. Look, because <laughs> I, like, I know what you mean with the gamey ducks. Because you, you go to the supermarket. One thing I figured out is they're not obviously the ducks that they're flying around in, in the sky. They're actually <laughs> the ones that are farmed. I think they're called the white duck, you know, and that, that's why they taste. Really good. I love duck. My wife made a oh, delicious little duck on a couscous um, mm. mushroom puree thing. It was mm. oh, outstanding. But, yeah, you're right. If you if you get duck wrong, it can go horribly wrong. So it looked very good on the WhatsApp machine, Louis. I've sucked it on uh, our Twitter time. for anyone that wants to see it. Um, and if you if you actually got a roast duck recipe you're just starting to chow into this week, um, leave it there and we can kind of start a little thread going and, Joe, the word is pluck, not de-feathering. <laughs> hey, a little bit of a story on this um, young boy, Blake Bernard, from down home. Uh, the boy, mm-hmm. When you got boys contacted me yesterday saying if I knew the Bernards, um, yeah, I know of his dad, Zane, down there. Um, but pool in our hometown is actually quite a big sport. Ever since, I was a, ever since I was a little kid, the old man used to walk out with all his mates out of the freezing works and head into the, the local pool hall, Mr. Sisseridges. They called him Mr. S's back then, the pool parlour, um, which was a space invader where all the kids played on the space invader machines. And, you know, that, that's what we used to have, Izzy, whenever we used to have PlayStations back in those days. You'd take your 20-cent <laughs> coins and whip them into the machines. And our, our, our fathers would be playing pool, and like eight-ball pool and billiards pool. Yeah. For um, that's how they for the for for money, you know, like they they take their wages down there and start playing against each other. So pool, and then they'd go to the winter show. Remember the winter show would roll into town, yeah, yeah. And they would have this pool competition. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that, but they would always have a, a a set of pool tables set up, and you went there and it was the highest break, and the boys from Waitara would go in there and clean it up. Just go in there and have, get the highest break. There was something like a hundred back in those days. You win a hundred bucks if you had the highest break, you know, which was quite a lot of money. So. Um, to hear yesterday about young um, Blake, Blake Bernard, Blake Bernard winning the eight ball competition, I was like, man, it was only it was only a matter of time before we pulled, pulled a world champion out of that little town plant pool. Mm. That's it's a cool story. It's a cool story. It reminds me of my, you would have you would have don't know if you would have had this 
kind of situation, Louis. But reminds me of my upbringing. You know, you you go to the local pub with your with your olds, and then you're sitting out in the car. They'll give you a nice little packet of chips, you know, a little bit of uh, some chips, a nice little fizzy. Wait, there, wait over there, and they're just playing pool, and you go in and you just hit some balls, and you you start rolling the balls into the pocket, mate. Brings back good memories. So it's a cool cool story, Unc. Um, obviously local talent. Um, some doing some good things, and that's one of the things we want to do on this show is promote our young talent. That you probably wouldn't get the the promotion or, or or conversations like the big big sports. So awesome work. Looking forward to that conversation, Louis. He's only fifteen. He's got. Mm. He's, he's only fifteen. He's got a big future. And you're right, Izzy. He said that Blake said he's had to carry Zane, his old man. He's had to actually <laughs> pick him up and put him on his back to the father son comp. So I, literally, I reckon probably <laughs> had to carry him out. <laughs> yeah, and Paul is. It's actually. I mean. You let us know, double eight, double three. Where's your local pub? Then they, do they still have a pool club? I was just having dinner down at the old Leithfield Hotel, old Leithfield pub, last time I was back home, and they had the pool and darts club were in there, and they run their comp on Wednesday nights or Thursday nights. Mate, they still do it in the RSAs. They still do it. You still get your dart comps and your pool comps. My, my old lady still goes down in her um her little red rocket. Uh, what, what do you call those things? You know where you. Well, those things with the moped, the, mopeds. That's <laughs> that's what I'll end up on. When I should actually know what the names are, but um, you probably only have, could be a couple of months away. <laughs> yeah, but they're still they're still they're still holding those they're still holding those competitions. So yeah, is the awesome awesome story to come out. The other one um, we had we got a text yesterday from one of our our um, listeners that said when is Tohu Harris coming back? And when they named the team last night at five o'clock, they named Tuesdays at five. The NRL teams have to have their t- teams in for the week. Toy Harris got named to come back and play, which means that he's probably captain in the side. So, um, and yeah, got Mon- Montoya as a senior player coming back as well. So we've gone from having no players to, to having two senior players back in. Well, Kimpy, it's a good point, uh, and it actually brings us at sixteen minutes past six to my can't wait question of the day, Izzy, because I woke up and when I I saw that Tohu Harris was back in yesterday, and I woke up. One of the first things I thought this morning was, "Today's a new day. Let's be filled with optimism about the Warriors. Yeah. Let's let's bring it back." And my can't wait question of the day on oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven and double eight double three the. Temper text machine for Temper Beer Post text machine for your most convincing answer is Will Torhu Harris's return impact the Warriors' season like meaningfully? Will Torhu Harris's return significantly change the direction of the Warriors' season? Can he change the destiny of where the Warriors are going? Going, <laughs> I don't know personally. That's why I need you. But I could not wait to ask you, Izzy Kempi, and you on 0800-150-811. You know who Torhu Harris is. Can one man change the destiny of this Warriors season? Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. And I've got a fifty dollar TAB bonus bet to the person that satisfies me the most with their answer. Izzy, how about we get your answer now? Then we will get Kempi's after the break. Can he change the Warriors' season? Look, the simple answer to that is is no. <laughs> um, you you just can't allow one man who has been out of the game for so long to come in and just go bang. Like honestly, he's a talent, and he we know what he do, does on, on the field. And, and Uncle spoke about it. That it's his work on our edge. 
Um, you know, when he's attacking, he's always a threat with ball in hand. He's skillful too, so if we need to throw that back ball or offload, he can do those things. But for him to come in and change the Warriors' season and, and add, he's going to add impact. But for me, it's elsewhere. It's elsewhere that needs needs the help that it's going to get. So, um, look, I'm, I'm happy to see his name there. I'm expecting some players that are on the bench to come in and have a bit more of an influence uh, on the game. Uh, but, yeah, great to see Tohu back, and we know what he can do, but for me it starts elsewhere. Okay. That's me answer. I hear you. Well, you're not giving the $50 TAB bonus pick, so I might as well go back to bed. That's <laughs> highly... Unsatisfying. 19 minutes past six. Double eight, double three. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. It'll help, Louis. It'll help. Well, what about the leadership values? That's what I'm wondering. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Can Torhu Harris change the direction and destiny of this Warriors season? Kempi's answer after this. We're here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. We'll hear from you soon on that as well. You're listening to Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. 24 minutes past 6 o'clock this morning. I could not wait to get to work today and ask Kempi, Izzy and you all about Torhu Harris. I feel good about his inclusion. I think it's come at the right time. I hope they haven't rushed him back because of the results. 0800-150-811. Can he change the destiny of this Warriors season? Richie, what do you reckon? Hey, man, I don't know if he'll change the destiny, but I think um, you'll, you'll see him bring another another factor into the game. Um, taking back over captaincy, you're going to see Fanua Blake live to, live to another level. Um, and you also, I, I think it's going to give the interchange bench uh, a good um, another level because you, now you, you don't have to pull off Fanua Blake and, and Lodge at the same time. You can leave one of those on with Tohu and swap them around and through the game. And you're still going to have two big runners there and the defensive in the middle and, and through there. Um, and to- you'll see Welsh being able to to move out from a def- a defender because Tohu's going to take care of that role. Beautiful, love it, Richie. Appreciate yeah. it, mate. And I think that's the trickle on effect I was kind of angling for. I think it's not just about Tohu Harris coming back, eh? It, it, it's not. It's you know, you, I, th- I think he's just going to lift players around him, and he's going to be another option. Um, and you know, let's, let's hope that SJ is is it lifts his game and. You know, and and so do the, some of the backs, and we, and you, you know, Tohu always gets managers to get an offload somewhere, and I think that's what we've been missing is some some offloads around those rucks, especially close to the line. Love it, mate. Appreciate the call. We'll talk to you again soon. That's Richie. He is a little bit more glass half full on it. Kempi, what do you reckon? Yeah, look, I'm, I like what Izzy said. I think I think what Izzy's uh, alluding to is that Tohu comes back. It's going to take a, f- a little while for him to get back into his groove. You know what I mean? You don't just walk into an NRL side and all of a sudden. Um, Play like you know you're a world beater, especially when you're when you're sitting uh, on eight points. I, and I like what Richie said. Um, I, I've never thought that Fenua Blake should have been the captain. I think they've given him the captain to temper his discipline. The problem that you have when you take it back off him is that that discipline could possibly go out of the window with the likes of Hodge and uh, Tavaga. So that's that's been a major issue this year. So there's um, um, sort that out. And of course the spine, no matter who you put in there, your spine's not working. Sean Johnson and his spine don't sort their stuff out, then they're never going to perform. But I just want to, I just want to quickly touch on this. At the same time last year, they're on eight points and they're sitting in the eight, okay? At the end of the year, they needed 22 points of Titans to make the eight and the Warriors missed out, all right? But if you look at the games that they got home, I've broken them down into 
to two blocks of six and a block of four. They don't have to win 50, 50% of their games to actually make the eight on 24 points, given that it was 22 points to make the eight last year. The only problem that you have is that the, the top teams are finishing on 44 points. That's what Penrith ended up on last year. Melbourne ended up on 44 points last year. So it's a it's light and day between the top four and the bottom four in, in the eight. Um, they what I'm trying to allude to is they can still make it. That's what Blake was saying. Yeah. They can still make it given a 50% win rate. But, you know, they play Penrith twice. They play Cronulla twice. Um, you throw pe- you throw Power in there. They could have made it all of, their, all of their games at the front end of the season. That's what we said right at the beginning of this conversation when we came into the uh, studio before the season kicked off. And if they don't get these wins, then they're chasing tails and all sorts starts to happen um, in and around it as far as discipline goes. Yeah, it's a difficult scenario for them heading home. Obviously, those big ones that they lost at the start of the season will come in a bit more of a factor. Um, but yeah, I, I was just kind of alluding to you, you know, with, with Tohu coming in, does he play the full 80 um, that, that we're hoping we're going to get out of him? Um, you like, he's been away from the game for so long. It's NRL. I don't understand. Never played the game, but I know for, for players coming back to playing in the top grade, they go via club. Um, you know, like, the, is he playing any club footy over in Australia? Has he had any minutes uh, outside of the NRL just to get his body used to it? So that's the big factors for me of if he's going to have a huge influence. I think we don't put the pressure and expectations on Tohu to come and be a magical changer for the Warriors. Look, honestly, he's going to have a big influence because he is a talented man and, and we know the experience that he brings and what he can add to this whole Warriors setup. But for me... Um, it's, it's just got to start elsewhere. He's been over there with the Warriors. He's been in a, amongst the, the group, and it's still kind of happening. What we're seeing is still happening. So does he have a voice over there, and is he having the input that we're hoping from an experienced man? That's the the thing I want to know. Yeah, fair enough, too. And I think once he gets on the field and starts to produce, like he, well, you can't put too much expectation on him, and, and I'm wary of that. But once, uh, hopefully those guys that see him then perform on the field, maybe that'll cut through a little bit more. Here's some text. I freaking hope so. <laughs> so, uh, will he change the destiny of the Warriors season? I expect Torhu to have an impact in a positive way. He is a great leader who carries himself well and has mana within the team and a great follow-me attitude. Keep the faith. Love it. Leave your name on those sorts of texts. Unless Torhu gets changed in a telephone booth, has got a red cape, a big S on his chest, and wears his undies on the outside of his t- <laughs> taro. taro. No. Sorry, Louis. Uh, Kōrero soon, Brett. <laughs> I appreciate that. Keep those coming through. Double eight, double three, or 0800 150 811. I've got a $50 TAB bonus bet to somebody who answers that question for me. What and can Torhu Harris... Uh, can he change the destiny of this Warriors season or is that just an unreal expectation? It's half past six o'clock. We'll get to a couple more of your texts on double eight double three here when we chat loveracing.nz after Araha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. SENZ 27 away from... 7am this morning. Gee, Kimpy has got some gusto. Yeah, man. Before 7am. You know, I just want to say about Tohu Harris, you know, he never played, is he, a warm-up game. Last week they said Tohu's on his way back. It looks like they've rushed him back in. Ah. 
You know what I mean? And you know, coming back from an injury, especially a serious one that he has, mm. it's different training on it than playing on it. Mm. So yes. please, the football gods, if you're listening, let <laughs> Toru Harris get through the game unscathed. Please. Mm. Please. Please. Yeah, that would be brutal. And you d- it does kind of stink of it, to be honest, doesn't it? Um, yeah, it does it Does stink of it. It does. Because they need something, and they need to give fans something. So hopefully, I just saw that the game's actually free to wear. So if you're not a Sky Sport um, subscriber, TV3 at 7pm, you can watch that there. Really? Yeah. What, the Magic Round? I don't know, not the whole Magic Round, I just saw it pop up on the telly. So they're playing the warriors Rabbitohs game on television. So if you want to watch the Warriors and you haven't had the luxury... Of- it's massive for the rural um, community. Absolutely massive. Yeah, I think it is as well. Hey, um, here's a good text. Good morning, boys. Race six in Riverton today. We have Davoski, Calvin mm-hmm. Tyler's home track, Mr. Jump last start, much of the like much of the Warriors. <laughs> Flew <laughs> home unlike the Warriors. Out to the fourteen hundred today should go close. Cheers, Mike. Mike, cheers to you. I've just done a little bit of Ricky on that. Yeah. I think you're right. The only thing that might trip us up, Mike, but you know what? I'm going to follow you in here. This probably looks at the bit the bit of the day on face value, doesn't it? Uh, the only thing that could trip us up is what sort of track are we going to get at Riverton? It says it's a heavy nine at the moment, and it says it's a very balmy four degrees down there in Southland at the moment. So uh, if you're in Southland, Mike, you might be in Southland. Can we just have a status report on the weather? Or double eight, double three, anyone around that? What do you mean a status report on the weather from the South Island? Makariri, very, very cold. Lots of snow. <laughs> Wear jackets and woolly hats. That's it, mate. Yeah, I'd love to know what the track's going to do. I don't know if we've we haven't had many snow races recently. What do we have um, down there? Can you let us know? Because it's an eight race card at Riverton today. The Tyler's well, Calvin, uh, he's got his crew over there in uh, <laughs> Queensland at the moment. So very different. We saw Prince Albie go around in the weekend. Ran a pretty nice race, to be honest. So Prince Albie's on track for the Queensland Derby, I believe. Um, but yeah, there is an eight race card down there, and there's a couple of nice chances throughout the morning. Uh, the Pittmans have got a big team down there, so they've made the trip with their team. Uh, and Robert Dennis also in race number eight, the last of the day, has a horse that was a has has been going pretty good to be honest. Uh, Heidi High, Kylie, Will- Kylie Williams doing the uh, riding here. This is out of Barrier Six, very consistent. Mia, and um, look, just a bit too far last time, just didn't quite get, I think it was a 2400 or something like that in a Cups race, but 21, back to 2100 today, um, rating 74, I think it's within its reach, but just be wary on these winter tracks, you're starting to get into that time of the year where you don't want to be punting something early in the morning and then seeing that the track comes up absolutely bottomless, why are you laughing, Izzy? Oh, because that's me. (laughs) (laughs) Unless it's just ask me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, then the only issue is if it gets to if the sun comes out. That's exactly right. Actually, Gimpy, you're. Um, I see that your colours or the you know Alan Sharrock's colours are back in action this weekend at Rotorua. Just when we thought we retired Cinerama, she's back in the noms, mate. What's going on here? She's in. She's in with a chance too. Up against Big Mike, who's run four thousand five hundred and sixty-six races. <laughs> Um, and wants to go out as a 10-year-old 10, 10 on a win as well. Um, mate, we're a chance. We're, we're, I think in that race we're a chance, Louis. So now nah, Al's, uh, look, 
You know, don't argue with Al Sherrick. You're gonna you're gonna find that out. Look, when I take when I take you down there, you're gonna find that out. Uh, you just if he says, maybe mate, we should if take he, Joe. If, if he says we're taking it Kumara, mate, we're taking it to Kumara. <laughs> All right, that's just it. So you've ever won yourself a Rotorua Cup? No, I haven't. I would like to go down there this weekend, um, but I'm waiting. You know, I've been talking to Alan quite a bit. I'm just giving him a bit of a break because he he does tell me to get lost if I do phone him too much. So <laughs> <laughs> I give him two days off. So didn't talk to him yesterday. Probably won't talk to him today. I struggled because I was going to phone him on the way into work because he gets up at quarter past four. Um, and I thought, nah, nah, nah. He'll just he'll get annoyed. I'll give him one more day, then he'll be missing me. Well. Can you just maybe, I don't know, just let him get annoyed at you because the market's going to reopen today. <laughs> so I'll give him a call at 8 o'clock. Uh, yeah, <laughs> can, can we, well, maybe if anyone's, Al, Al, can you just, instead of Kempi having to ring. Should uh, we get him on? Well, I don't, I don't want to be involved if he's going to lash out. <laughs> so, Kempi, you just volunteer yourself. Uh, it's a, it's a half-decent field for a cup. I mean, it's an open handicap, but as a group, Three, so a bit more black type for Cinerama. Uh, Big Mike, Roger that. Uh, look, Harry Kane runs good races, but doesn't seem to win a lot, and that's another nine-year-old, lightly raced. Leaderboard uh, has been going pretty good for Fortuna. Ooh. Rising Storm for Nick Bashara is a bit of an up-and-comer, as well as Amano for Wexford there. So it's a handy enough field, but Cinerama, after her last start, and knowing she can get through the wet, assuming it'll probably be a little bit soft at least, um, in the weekend, she's got to be right there. So that's very exciting, and um, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that closely. Nice. Could be a big weekend for Al, because I've got races at Harwater as well. So we'll see what he's got coming up. Here's a text. Hi, guys. Having only watched the Warriors play live once, I have no doubt Torhu Harris will impact the team's performance. When they were behind their posts, I could hear him yelling at the boys what to do. He was very calm, but to mm. the point. He leads by his own actions. That's from Mark. And that's what you want from a leader, isn't it, Izzy? Yeah, that's what you want. That's what I want. It's just a bit of calming influence, someone with a little bit of direction, and and no doubt he will. No doubt he will, because we know Torhu and, and we know how important he is to that Warriors outfit. Um, but like we said, just just hopefully he's, his body holds up. You can do all the training, but it's getting off the ground, making a tackle, getting back ten metre shuttles constantly. That's that's where it's something you can't really prepare for. So. Um, yeah, we'll be watching with interest, and hopefully they can get back on the horse because Cody Nikarima has been, uh, you know, uh, picked to play against his old outfit. How funny is that? Do you reckon that'll be a big impact, Uncle? Yeah, look, I, 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 I can d- just picture. I can just picture Cody. I can just picture Cody just having the performance of a lifetime. Mate. Oh. I can just see it. I don't know. I don't want to, but I can just see him really just doing the Andrew Tell us Murders what you said yesterday. Tell us what doing, you said yesterday, Gimpy. Well, of course he's going to come out and play well. You know, mm. what, what have they done? What have we said? Is he, what, what was his best position? Seven. No, his best position Six. was 14. 14. Come, oh, hooker. And what, what have they done? Mm. They've interchanged. They've put him straight into the number 14 jersey on the back of Cook and Walker and can fill in for Ilias. They've basically got him covering the spots. <laughs> it's not what you said yesterday. Yesterday you said, <laughs> Dexter said to Kempi, oh, why, they should have put a clause in his contract so he didn't play. And Kempi said, no, we want him to play. He can't tackle. We might score some points. <laughs> you know, I, I walked out of here. I walked out of here. And one of my mates on my Facebook, <laughs> he put that up on the on his, oh, what do you call it, like on his post, on his, I don't know how the social works properly. Um, but <laughs> he goes... 
uh, does the, do you want Cody Nakarina to play? When yeah, why not? Because he can't tackle, uh, is he? Seriously, I was only mm. telling the truth. Of course, we yeah. want him to play, but yeah. but what I'm saying is that it's it's history tells you that when you go to a new club and you make it, especially a first game, especially an older <laughs> player, you generally go all right. So. Yeah, okay. Let's hope he goes. Let's hope he doesn't go all right. Let, let, <laughs> well, for his sake, only men that can save the Wars are Kempi after a few in Cambridge or Steve Price off his construction site <laughs> running some hard lines. Oliver from Masterton. Yeah, like you, you'd be unfortunate if you came across Kempi in Cambridge. Um, that's for sure. He would run hard. It is 18 away from seven. You want to head to the Goldie 500? Wow, you'd better give us a call. 0800 150 811. Thanks to Willamont Travel, anyone that wins Quizzy Dad goes in the draw for this very, very special prize. And I've seen it. I've seen Kez's quiz today. I don't know, he must be in a terrible mood because this mm. is a hard quiz. 18 away from 7, give Come us a on. call. 0800 150 811. On your radio Giving you the chance to head to the Gold Coast Five questions for the win Supercars on the line 0800-150-811 You're mine it's Quizzy Dag, give it a go. It's Quizzy Dag, now don't you choke. It's Quizzy Dag, who knows the most. It's Quizzy Dag, we're going to the go-go. That's right, you could be going to the Gold Coast. You could be going to the Gold Coast, how good. Courtesy of Willamette Travel. Yes. Going to get Richie from Upper Hut on the show. He's on the morning. Richie. Morning, Izzy. Is that real loud, Louis? (laughs) (laughs) He came in pretty hot there. (laughs) I don't know why, but this whole setup's pretty loud, isn't it? Um, Anyway, we'll have to fiddle with this little little setup I've got here in the hotel room. Anyway, Richie, morning. Uh, We'll get you up first, mate. Question number one. Blake Bernard is the national champion in which sport? Blake Bernard, champion in which sport? Might be pool. It is. It is pool. Well, Good start. He's going to be on the show the at 7.40 this morning, so early, stay early tuned, Richie. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Here we go. Question number two. How many NBA teams did Shaquille O'Neal play for? Five. Shaquille O'Neal, the Magic. Three. Two. Two. One. Sorry, it's not two. Good tea, Kanga Richie. Yeah, have a, have a good day, Richie. We're going go, to we're gonna go to Jade from Hamilton. Morning, Jade. Morning, though, brother. How are you? Yeah, good, Morning, Jade. Now, Jade. Morning, now. Question number two, brother. How many NBA teams did Shaquille O'Neal play for? I'm Five, trying to do a quick count-up, I think. Four. 
I reckon it's Two. seven. <laughs> Close. It's not seven. Tata. Sorry, Jade. Have a good day, brother. Thanks for calling in. <laughs> We're going to go to he's Mark. Having, from... He's having a good laugh there too, is he? <laughs> <laughs> Mark from Tauranga. Morning, lads. How are you? Yeah, good, Marky. How are you, brother? Bloody good. I have no idea, but if seven was close, uh, we'll, we'll go with six. <laughs> six is good, correct. Good man, yeah. good man. Good ears, good ears. Here we go. Question number three. Name one of New Zealand's goal scorers from last night's Trans-Tasman Hockey Series. Oh, mate, I have no idea. And I don't even know many of the girls' names. Um, any, any potential clues uh, for a front of friends, Kimmy? Ooh. Yep, beautiful flower. <laughs> oh, shivers. Um, nah, boys. Um, what, you don't buy your nah, wife flowers? And the expensive oh, ones. I buy, I buy her roses. Mm-hmm. Mate, I don't even know the names of really flowers. But, <laughs> so, um, Sorry. Oh, Kipi, Kipi. That's a good clue, because that's only half of the clue. That's the first name. Anyway, we're going to go to Luke and, from Dunedin. Morning, Luke. Nah. You there, bud? Lukey. Oh. Lukey's gone. We're going to go to Brett from Huntley. Morning, Brett. Morning, brothers. How are Morena. we? Morning, Brett. We're good. How are you? Uh, yeah. Salty. <laughs> Salty. Salty. my mate yesterday. What uh, happened? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Louis and Kimpy will inform you. Okay. <laughs> hey, we need to speed this up. We need to speed this up. This I is need a update. Name uh, one of New Zealand's goal scorers from last night. <laughs> <laughs> At least he's pretty, honest. Pretty, pretty, pretty. All right, we're going to go to Luke from Dunedin. Morning, Luke. He's gone. Simon from Auckland. Morning. Morning, Simon. Name one of the goal scorers from last night's Trans-Tasman Hockey Series. Olivia Shannon. Bang. Bang. That is correct. Question number four. Which sporting identity is married to Ginger Spice? Four. Um, any three. clues on that one? Uh, yep. Formula One, team principal. Red Bull. Religious. Um, <laughs> Red Bull. Sorry. Get out. You're out, Simon. You're going to go to Ed and Tolligay. Morning, Ed. Morning, brothers. Oh, you're, Morning. On, you're on the... Which sporting identity is married to Ginger Red Spice? Bull. Jerry Hallowell. Oh, man. Sorry, brothers. No. no <laughs> out Sorry. Tim from Christchurch. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Tim from Christchurch. He's gone. Luke from Dunedin. Morning, morning. Which sporting identity is married to Ginger Spice? Warner. Beautiful. Manchester City have reportedly signed European wonder kid Erling Haaland. Which club did they sign him from? I know oh, I nothing. Have to on that one. I know nothing. Oh, yellow bumblebee strip. Borussia Dortmund. Damn. Oh.
Draw, mate. Thank you, Louis. There you go, Luke. On the absolute hooter, thanks to Willem and Travel. Luke, you could be heading to the Goldie. Gee, I told you that was a tough quiz. Back after this. We're coming up to 7 o'clock, and there are drastic changes going on in world rugby at the moment. I, I think that this has been a long time coming. Right now, the high powers of the global game are meeting in Dublin, and is he a nation's championship or something like it is much needed for the global calendar, isn't it? Yeah, it's been something on the cards for a while and just trying to get some alignment from the north and south. It's a difficult thing on the best of days, but they're starting to make some change. And honestly, this is something that makes sense. You've got the Six Nations, the success that it's had over the last couple of years, and just down under, we've got some some great nations down here, so it just only really makes sense. I'm looking forward to chatting to Alex Lowe after the 7 o'clock news and really digging into some more detail about it coming up. So Alex Lowe, he'll be here shortly. Have a wee chat about that. I'm going to go get me a McCafe about now because I'm needing a coffee. We're going to get over to Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Limited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Tony Kemp, Louis Herman Watt and myself in the driving seat for you today on a Wednesday the 11th of May just after 7 o'clock here on the show. Uh, we had a good conversation. We had a Quizzy Dag, remember, every day Quizzy Dag giving you the chance to head over to the Gold Coast. All you got to do is call up, give us a call and if you win Quizzy Dag every morning 6.40am You'll go in the draw to win a trip over to the Gold Coast. We want to send you the V8 supercars. The borders are opening up. The world's getting some normality back, so why not head away? And what a chance. Thanks to the team at Willamette Travel. Every day, remember, we want you, our normal callers. We want new callers. We want everyone to be involved. So remember, every morning. Coming up in the next hour, we're going to talk to Blake Bernard, the youngster from Taranaki. He's only 15 years of age, and he's won the National 8-Ball Pool Competition. All right, we're going to wrap into this. I'm excited for this conversation. Another attempt to revitalise and align the global rugby calendar is underway this week as Dublin plays host to meetings with the powers of the international game, a nation's championship concept. They will see six countries from the each hemisphere play a top division year over competition, culminating in a grand final. This has been tabled and dismissed previously, but the context of the COVID pandemic and private equity interest in the sport's growing a major commitment could be in the works. Alex Lowe is a rugby correspondent for The Times and he had exclusive details on this story. He's on the show right now. Morning, Alex. Good morning. Hello from London. 
Hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining us, mate. Really appreciate it. Exciting news for me, personally. It's Izzy here, mate. I'm pretty excited about this new concept. Are you? Sure, I, I am, yes. Um, I know there are some critics of it and, and some opponents of it, but I think that the biggest guide for me um, is that, that the players' unions are behind it mm. and the emerging nations are behind it. And as you mentioned, it had been tabled before. This is a, a different version of the plan that yep. came up for discussion in 2019. And at that, that time, the players and the emerging nations had been locked out of all the talks and they were dead against it. And I, th- I sort of take a cue from, from those guys, really. If, if the players are happy and, and the emerging nations feel that this is a model that will help them grow and it'll help, it'll help us grow the sport so we have more competitive teams, we can get different nations into the quarterfinals of a World Cup. If they're behind it, I think that's a really good indication that, that we're on the right road to a structure that can help the global game instead of just making the rich richer. Alex, who's behind who's behind the big push? Is it the Northern Hemisphere or is it the Southern Hemisphere? It's it's a joint effort, if you like. It, it's it's Six Nations and Sansa. It's it's not being led by World Rugby. They're facilitating the conversations, but certainly the Six Nations who've got now got private equity investment, they've already taken a, a step along the way to this by um, pooling all the television rights for the November test matches. And, and you, you'll have noticed last year, um, there were no overlaps in kickoff times. So they could maximise exposure and, and, and television income. And then and they pulled it all. All those rights arrangements were done as one in the belief that that will drive up the overall uh, size of the pie, if you like. Um, and, and that's the general idea here. But if you if you create a narrative, create a competition out of the July test matches and the November test matches, um, and you pull all the resources and all and all the revenues, then actually it'll be better for everybody. Now, mm. the biggest sticking point I understand is is going to be how they they reach that 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 revenue sharing agreement. And revenue sharing has been one of the biggest friction yeah. points um, uh, over the years. You, you'll remember. I remember a few years ago, New Zealand were, were coming to Twickenham and, and were arguing that they deserved a, a cut of the money because the RFU could, could sell tickets for, for more, for higher prices because the All Blacks were in town. But the model didn't allow for that. And the RFU suggested, probably unhelpfully, that, that New Zealand should probably go, go build their own stadium rather than have lease agreements. And that kind of friction hasn't helped. It now feels like there is a, 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 a movement towards creating a model that works better for everybody. And one of the issues on the table this week is um, if the World Rugby want an indication from the major unions that they're prepared to try and make this work and, and create some revenue-sharing arrangement. My, my understanding is that, is that the six nations are, are more unified on this than the Sanzar nations. You, you guys would, would know more just because of the politics that's happened with, with Sanzar and and the end of Super Rugby and, and, and such like, that um, th- they need greater alignment to bring it all together. And, and that's one of the key elements of the talks in Dublin this week. What are the, what are the feelings of, of the big the big wigs? You know, you got the Welsh, the French and, and the English. Are they committed to, to a change and allowing the South to come up and maybe dictate things a bit more? We know the North dictate a lot of the... You're going forwards with World Rugby being situated up in the north. Are they are they saying much about this proposed change? 
they're keeping their powder dry at the moment publicly, but mm. um, the fact that, from what I can gather from talking to various sources who are in and around those talks, there is a will to try and get this done up here. Mm. Like I say, they're already moved in that direction with um, with the November test, the automation series, as they now brand it. And with CVC, the private equity firm on board, you know, they, do, they don't get involved in things where, um, without a, a lot of detail and a lot of um, understanding of what the upside is. And, and we, we were told, yesterday that, that there's a, a projection that if this was if this competition was to come off then the global sport would be worth at least 40 percent more and mm. that's the kind of industry that the cbc and silver lake with with new zealand that's why they get involved in, in in rugby because they see the potential there and i think that influence you mentioned it at the top that influence of, of private equity is, is is quite strong in in driving the sport to a place where you know, it's tried to get to at times before. I had a message from someone yesterday who, who first tabled this kind of idea in 2009 and it was dismissed out of hand because of, no one would, would engage in, in revenue sharing. Well, that's mm. back on the table again. Um, and there is optimism from people involved that, that this, this, this time, probably the third time it's been on the table, it, it could work. That's my question, Alex. Around private equity, like, like, who, where is that all that money coming from? Is that like from Murdoch? Is it from you know the the Silver Lakes of the Amazons, those type of people? And if the problem is money, why don't if they're making that much money, why don't they make it across the board where people can't refuse it? Is that what the talks are about? Because because you're right, the All Blacks and the English and the Welsh, they all bring their own, I guess. Um, uh, story and narrative to the table, which deserves to be paid yeah. for. But does that private equity conversation then take that off the table and say, well, you're actually going to, if you're saying 40% of private equity is, is lifting the, the money in the game, isn't that conversation now removed and, and it's just a decision? Yeah, it, it'll be about, so the 40% uplift, that, that would come from the greater commercial value of a of a global competition that would reach a climax with a grand final and the drama at the bottom of promotion and relegation playoffs, um, ticket sales, television. You know, they would project that by, by creating a narrative around fixtures that already happen, but they happen as one-off games or as mini-series, they think they could sell that package for more money to broadcasters, um, you know, whether it's Amazon, like you say, or... Uh, and the commercial value would, would be higher. That's where they think the uplift is. The, the, the complexity of that uh, of the financial discussion is all about, let's take Wales as an example. Wales plays four games every November. The fourth one is outside of the window. Last year it was against New Zealand, and, and they, they had a weakened team. But they need that fourth game because it helps the union break even for the year. If In this, current, in this plan, if you had... You have your three tests in November and then a final and relegation playoffs. Wales would need to, if Wales weren't in the final, they would need to be certain that they wouldn't be losing out financially and that they could get a cut of the bigger pie to at least make sure that they are where they are now, if not better off. But, and at least say every every country will have their own their own issues with that. Now, fascinatingly for me, Fiji are a country that would bring really nothing commercially to the table. Mm. But if but if they had regular test matches against what had been known as tier one nations the value that, that an enhanced fiji team would bring to the global game would be enormous because of because of how attractive they are as a, as a rugby nation and 
and the kind of the, the heart and soul of, of the sport we love. You know, we all want to sit back and watch watch Fiji play. They wouldn't bring any any kind of real money to the table, but mm. the value that they would bring to the sport and being able to play these test matches would be, would be enormous. So every, every country's got its own situation, and that's that's the complexity of trying to find a formula that fits for everyone. And it means some countries have to give some stuff up, but they'd be giving it up for the greater good and, and the hope that that we can we can grow the game and, and have more teams competing to make the quarterfinals of a World Cup in, in years to come. Yeah, there's my next question about the promotion and relegation. Um, obviously a great opportunity for the, the, the smaller nations to be a part of this big kind of uh, involvement in this tournament. Um, with the private equity and the investment in the Six Nations and, and from CVC and, and Silver Lakes, is there a bit of part, like you just spoke about Fiji and, and potentially with um, Samoa and Tonga down under, if if they are able to be relegate, uh, promoted up the north, you've got Italy that are potentially looking at, at, at being relegated, and you've got Georgia, you know, you've got some nations that potentially don't have a lot of the funding. Are they a part of the talks of maybe getting a slice of that pie, like you said, that they're not going to bring in any any broadcasting money, but are they going to still get a slice of the pie so we can help these young, smaller nations develop? Yeah, I, I believe so. And the plan, so th- th- there would be no relegation from the Six Nations, which was one of the issues that, that, okay. that halted the talks last time. So the Six Nations of the Rugby Championship would remain as sort of privately run competitions, which they are now. This would The promotion relegation would only happen in this, Let's call it the Nations Championship. It doesn't have a name yet, but the, this yeah. global competition. And there would be there'd be a playoff. There'd be a Northern Hemisphere playoff and a Southern Hemisphere playoff for the two the two lowest ranked teams from from the North and, and the South. And that the current working model is that Japan and Fiji would join the top competition, and the the secondary competition, which is then called the Challenger Divisional Challenger Series or something like that, um, would contain yeah Samoa, Tonga, Georgia, USA, Chile. And they would they play in a similar way. A lot of those matches would happen in one country to cut down on travel costs. But from what I'm told, they're all they're all well behind that idea. And then yeah, the top two would would get the chance to play off and get promoted. And my understanding is that part of the the overall pie would go to those countries. Now, the mm. second tier nations like Samoa have already indicated that they'd be they're prepared to give up what is currently a guaranteed fixture every every November against. A, a, a tier one nation. So whether it's England at Twickenham or Wales in Cardiff, that's that's secured at the, under the current San Francisco fixture arrangement. They're all prepared to give that up in order to join this new competition. And in return, they would get the better performing teams in that second tier in a Lions year when this competition won't run, they would have inbound tours. So you could have an England team, admittedly without their Lions players, coming to play the test series in Tonga or, or Samoa or go to Chile mm. if they're one of the top performing countries. And that's that doesn't happen at the moment. Mm. So it would guarantee fixtures against tier one nations, but perhaps not as regularly, but it would also it would provide an opportunity to join that top tier. And then you'd if you get promoted then you get eleven eleven of those games. Alex, it sounds like a GP series or Grand Prix that they're trying to put together, obviously with the private equity to pay for people because to be brutally honest, second-tier nations will, will happily hand up their their opportunity to play a, a tier one nation if the money's right. So that's a given. But yeah. 
Given that you're putting all this together, how how much do the Northern clubs need to buy in this? Is it is it dependent on them buying into it? Seems that they have the better competitions club club wise up there. Yeah, the the one issue that the that the clubs have uh, because there are no extra games being arranged. The the only issue the clubs have is what happens on that fourth weekend of November, um, mm. because the the World Rugby um, international window is only three weeks long, and so any all those those fourth games like Wales against New Zealand last November, that's outside. So they're not required to release players for it. And so that's the weekend where there'd be a grand final and relegation playoffs and potentially other games in the middle, although that is unlikely. So they would need some compensation or there would need to be a financial arrangement reached or World Rugby would need to change the Regulation 9 uh, release period. And perhaps that might then, one of the issues, the, the suggestions that could lead to the Six Nations being contracted. So that currently they have two rest weeks in the Six Nations. If you lost one of those rest weeks, could could you add, would, would they allow um, an extra international week to be added on in November? But broadly, the clubs are behind it um, mm. because it doesn't really impact them any more than, than the current situation. It would just need um, a, a agreement on relief. I think there are around 100 players in the Premiership in England who could play a test match for another country every on a November weekend, probably more in France with, with all the Georgians that, that, that they have and South Africans playing, playing in France. But the clubs are, the clubs are broadly behind it. Um, they will just, they'll just ask for their slice of the financial pie as well if they're asked to release the players for, for that fourth weekend. What the clubs are most interested in, certainly in England, from my understanding, is actually getting a club World Cup agreed. Yeah, and that, I think that's actually easier to do yes. because the seasons are lined. We want to see that, event. Alex. We want to see it. Yeah, so well, so, <laughs> so do we. You know, we've, we've just had the, um, the European Cup quarterfinals this weekend, and there were some absolutely incredible games. And you can just imagine watching a Leinster what about or that a shooter? Toulouse. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that doesn't happen very often, does it, in rugby? But it, but that yeah. was a hundred minutes of blood and thunder. Forty thousand Munster fans had they had to travel to, to Dublin from Limerick because Ed Sheeran had a gig at their stadium and they turned it sort of Toman Park on tour, just the, the vibrancy and the tribalism. And imagine that against the Crusaders or, 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 or the Chiefs. Yeah. It, would be, it would be brilliant. And, and that's what the clubs in England are really, they're happy to go along with this because they want, they want World Rugby to endorse a, a Club World Cup. Oh, mate, I've, I've, we've been asking that for years. They do it in league, and I think it'll go great in the game of rugby, mate. We appreciate you on the show, Alex Lowe. Very insightful, great detail, and uh, we appreciate it, mate. Thanks very much. Anytime, guys. Good to talk to you. Awesome. What a champion, Alex Lowe, over, uh, over in the UK. Give us a text, double eight double three or 0800 150 811, if you want to have a chat about what you've just heard. Are you for? Are you against? I'm all for it, man. I love it. Just innovative, exciting, something new, especially the last one, the clubs. Crusaders taking on the Saris over there, the Harlequins, whoever, Toulouse. It's got to happen. Anyway, we'll be back shortly. Make sure you send us a text, double eight double three, or even better, give us a call, 0800 150 811. You listen to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to the chemist we ask. Great savings every day. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Fascinating discussion with Alex Lowe, who is the chief rugby correspondent for the Times in the UK. Uh, he's been had his ear to the ground on this, and he broke the story, filling us in that right now, which Tuesday evening in the UK in Dublin, World Rugby Powers 
We're actually in the New Zealand Rugby Building here. I haven't seen Mark Robinson come across the, the cafe this morning, so maybe he's over there as well, you'd hope so. At the table discussing what whatever a global rugby competition would look like involving pretty much everybody, uh, all of the emerging nations in another tier below, like a Challenger Series, and then the top 12 teams from the North and the South playing each other throughout the years and then at the end of a two-year cycle, a grand final. Izzy, from a player's perspective... Is there any way the players wouldn't be on board with this sort of competition? I mean, obviously the finances aside, this is going to be great for the game. 40% more, Alex said. But from a competitive standpoint, what do you think the players are thinking? Um, oh, look, if I was still playing, I'd be all for it. I'd be right for this new change. It's something different. Um, you get an opportunity to play the North more regularly. Obviously, we play the India Tours, but... You get an opposition uh, opportunity to test yourselves against the French, the, the Welsh, the English more often. Uh, the inclusion of the of our Pacific Island teams would be, you know, another added bonus to it as well. We know how what they bring to the to the table. So, look, I, I think they'd be all for it. Um, just like the detail on when and where. I know that a lot of the players feel like travel is already at, at the maximum already. So where does it fit? How much travel would it allow them time? You know, where does the clubs fit into this situation with Super Rugby? How does that calendar year work? So uh, as as a ex-player, I'd be all for it. I think it's it's innovative. It's it's changing. Um, I guess when you when you play something for ten years, it's the same. You know, you can get pretty stagnant, can get pretty same old. So something that excites you and, and then it's new. So for me, mate, I can just only see positives from it. And just hearing him talk about that club global championship, mate, how good would that be? Just watching Munts take on Toulouse with that penalty shootout, a crowd where they traditionally don't play at Aviva Stadium, mate, how good was that? So getting that um, Champions Cup up, up in the north, what they're doing there, and they may be potentially down here with the Super Rugby. Winner of the Super Rugby potentially plays the winner of the J- Japan Top League. Then the winner of that two, that double tournament, takes on the top champion from up north, and then we find out who the global champion is. I think that's a, like, a great call. Yeah, look, I, I agree with you. See, I think it's um, really innovative. I think that's why I asked the question around Amazon. That's why it's the question around mm. it looks like a Grand Prix. They're trying to stay with the Tier 1 sports like sailing and F1. Uh, you can see what happens with a global, um, I guess, acquisition of of those sports uh, as far as the, the, the punter goes with viewership and stuff like that. So they're trying to get into that that media right, that money maker. When he said 40%, you know when he said 40%, I thought, man, that's way more than that. You know what I mean? It's 40% that touch, they're tipping, it's a tip of the iceberg. You think about all the private um, owners of the clubs up north, all the private owners of the clubs through Europe, when they start to be, when they start, starting to be able to brand their own personal brand in alongside this, then that private equity starts going through the form. And I've, I've, honest, I've said this for a couple of years, I think Amazon will buy Rugby Union. Mm. I think Amazon will buy Rugby Union because they want the brand. They want to be able for, for people, you know, that, that um, I was talking to Ricardo the other day and I said, you know, with the VR, you know when you're doing VR, the Silver Lake deal, for instance, I reckon in the future... You, Louis will be able to sit here and play in the All Blacks team. He'll put a VR unit on with a suit, and the suit will re- measure impact and distance, and he'll be able to run in between Izzy Dag and Corey Jane. Oh, you're a gamer. 
Oh, okay, my uncle. How yeah. good is that? My, yeah, oh, look, I love that's very innovative as well. And Amazon <laughs> would have done off the yeah, world, world rugby. You mean they buy the whole world rugby, uncle? Is that what you're saying? A hundred percent. <laughs> I don't know if they'd sell it to Amazon. They would not want Jeff Bezos having control over the over the world rugby. I tell you. Um, you spoke about look who holds all the power here, Louis. That's the question I want to ask you. Who holds all the power? Here? Did the All Blacks rugby union hold the power? Did the English and the powerhouse up north like who? Because that's where I'm going to get a bit of unsurety out of this. Is like who is the leading? figure in this whole scenario because we've got some big heads here that that want their own agendas looked after is there going to be any alignment it's not the all blacks and it's not australia and it's not argentina and it is to leaning towards south africa but it's definitely the rfu and it's definitely the northern hemisphere clubs they are the ones that are more financially sustainable at the moment the the all blacks and new zealand rugby can't they need this. We need this. The rugby needs this. The, the thing that Alex pointed out, which I think he's completely right, the reason that this has a good chance of working is he is because everyone is incentivized. This is the closest time we've had that when this idea has been floated where everyone is incentivized financially, socially, culturally. This makes sense. So we'll follow the story. Do you want to see the All Blacks playing Northern Hemisphere teams more often? Does this excite you from a fan's perspective? 0800 811. And who do you want to see play? I, I love it. Personally, promotion relegation, I'd actually love two teams promoted relegated. I think you could open this up more, and I think they probably will lean that way eventually. 28 away from 8 o'clock this morning. Some sports news headlines after Araha with the news for Kubota, together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. <laughs> SENZ, we are 26 away from 8 o'clock this morning. Liverpool won all with Aston Villa live in the Premier League. Liverpool's faint title hopes, ah, faint might be a bit rough. Man City would have to trip up, but a Liverpool need to win this to stay in touch for sure. One or 25 minutes through. Uh, There's plenty of news going around the world. Here's one for you, Izzy. Maybe go renegotiate with Sky, my friend, because Tom Brady has signed a 10-year deal with Fox <laughs> for 375 million US dollars. That's what you guys get, eh? Is, that's what you want. Is I read that this morning, mate. I, read, I, was, I didn't hear the details. Oh that pretty much is double what rugby is worth. Uh, $375 million for 10 years to commentate one game a week for 18 or 20 weeks of the year for Fox Sports. That is, um, yeah, that is horrendous. That's America for you. That, that is that is big money. I was, I, was, I read that this morning. Like He'll do a great job because obviously he's in the quarterback role, the analysis, the detail that he'll be able to bring to the table. Honestly, eight-time Super Bowl champion. He is, um, yeah. But that is ridiculous money, Louis. So by, by yearly, that is literally double the highest paid guys at the moment. Tony Romo kind of recalibrated the, the metrics when he came out. He got 17 mil. Troy Aikman's on 18 mil a year. So Tom Brady would be on $37.5 million US a year to commentate. That's almost, that's more than, it's nearly $2 million a game. Uh, but that's, that's all right. That's Tom Brady for you. He, he does change the way we see it. We've been talking about a global rugby competition. Alex Lowe, the chief rugby correspondent out of 
of course, uh, the Times. And there's actually a possibility for a Club World Cup as well, which I know excites you, Izzy. We've just had the European Cup quarterfinals this weekend, and there were some absolutely incredible games. And you can just imagine just the, the vibrancy and the tribalism. And imagine that against the Crusaders or, 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 or the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah. it, would be, it would be brilliant. And they're happy to go along with this because they want World Rugby to endorse a Club World Cup. And that's the clubs endorsing maybe a global championship. And, and look, this is what I mean. Everyone is incentivised here, including the clubs, which hasn't always been the cases. This is what rugby needs. That's what Brenton said. This is what rugby needs. Even Richie's come on. He does get a bit bored with international rugby, but he would still watch the All Blacks. This excites him. This excites him. So, yeah, rugby needs it. Sport needs it. Um, I can. I just hope it happens. You know, you look. You think of that proposed offer from Steve Henson. Probably, yeah, something that probably realistically couldn't have come to the front. Um, but this is something that I feel like has a lot of legs. It's got alignment. It's got uh, everyone talking. It's got money, which is hugely important. It's got a backing. Um, yeah. So for me, excites me. Please get it done. I've got meetings going on this week. We just need alignment and everyone on the same page, which is probably the hardest thing that they're going to have to face. I don't, I don't think um, Steve's it was it was twelves, wasn't it? Yeah, the twelves. Twelves yeah. with Kieran Reid. Draft the, system, yeah, which is which is cool. Look, like the, you, you see how big the draft is in American sport. Like it's it's oh, amazing. The IPL auction. Like there's mm. a, it, the the reality was the world rugby was going to be the hardest part of that puzzle. And yep. now with world rugby happy, happily facilitating this conversation, Kimpy, this will be where the focus is. Yeah, look, and I and I think it'll happen even if they don't get everyone else on board. I think there'll be a breakaway. I think there'd be a breakaway in a, in a competition that's sort of manufactured on the on the back of this if they can't get everyone across um, across the line. Yes, you're right. And same, same both player unions. Um, like that in itself is a problem, having both the unions uh, arguing between each other before you even get to the owners of the clubs up in the Northern Hemisphere, before you get the franchise system down here. And then you've got all the, the ins and outs of the, the South Pacific and the Japans and so on. So mate, there's so many pieces of it to come together. But I think in... And con- in the the concept of it all is that it's going to happen. It's just in what form is it going to happen? Yep. Bang on, Kimpy. Once upon a time, Izzy, there was a prodigy out of Waitara. Yes. <laughs> he had hair down to his... Dave Watson. He had hair down to his bum. Um, he had... Uh, it's the biggest lip on him that anyone had ever seen. He could pass both. We could only pass one way, so he used to spin around and pass the other way going That's left. Went through the window. I've got to tell that story. Um, and that was mm. Tony Kemp. Now, a hundred years later, there's another prodigy. <laughs> his name is Blake. Hundred fifty. His name is Blake Bernard, and he's all about the pool table. He's a pool shark. He's fifteen. He's just uh, notched up a, a national title, and the peers, him and his old man, won the father-son competition. And out of Waitara, we're going to catch up with Blake Bernard from Kempe's hometown. Not too long talking pool sharks here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Yeah. It's twenty-one from eight. Still one all in the Aston Villa-Liverpool game, 34 minutes in, and actually some very uh, interesting news coming through that EA, the, the brand and the gaming brand that develops FIFA, this, the PlayStation game or the Xbox game, depending on what, they have not renewed their licence with FIFA, wow. the organisation. So that is probably the biggest game in the world. So that will look different when FIFA finds a new gaming partner and it'll maybe it'll go to two K. I know lots of people have an issue with uh, EA Sports, and they don't think it's that great. Maybe we can follow that one up. Is you would have played a bit of FIFA in your life, mate? It's a great game. 
That that game is so good. It's so realistic. Like the the moves and the skills and the things you can do, it is um it is awesome. Um, so yeah, big big loss. But maybe yeah, you're right. It will go to two K. Be interesting to see if Blake plays a bit of FIFA on the PlayStation. Throw it over to you, Dunk, to intro your your hometown protege. Your protege. Oh yeah, man. Hey? Two days in a row, mate. Call all to Taranaki. Call oh, exactly. No, not a call yet, bro. Don't so don't you ever call me that, okay? You know what? Just write down on my title. I'm gonna have to touch up your taringas. But we've got him two days in a row, and uh, like we said, we've got two boys from Taranaki. This one from Waitara, and Blake Bernardi, youngster from my hometown of Waitara, has taken out the national title in the junior pool event of eight ball competition. He's a pool shark. There's plenty of those that I've played with in my day, and I wonder how he'd go down in Tony and Vince's. Mr. S's, Mr. Sisseridges, the old pool parlour in Waitara if I was around, because I'd take his 50 cents, is he? That's what I used to pay for, 50 cents, mate. You get two pieces of fish and some chips and an ice cream and you're off you go on your way home. But he's on the line and with us at the moment. Blake, how you going, brother? Good, how are you? Oh, very good, man. Take us through it. From dub T, um, mate. Dub T to world champ. Take us through it. How'd you get there? So I played in the juniors down Christchurch. Um... I went down there, won the junior national doubles with um, Daniel Cole. Um, He lives in, he lives down, um, down south. Awesome, awesome, mate. And how'd you how'd you get into the game of game of sport, mate? You're obviously very talented at it. And we read the article. You you carried (laughs) your dad through the father son tournament, but mate, how'd you get into into the game of pool? So. My first pool comp, I started playing down at the Waitara TNC Club, which was on every Friday night. Awesome. I got better and better and started winning a couple of them. Awesome. And then awesome. what you went and re- represented Taranaki, was it? Then Was that the pathway? You went from Waitara to Taranaki, then Taranaki to North Island, North Island to National, National to World Champ. Is that how it worked? <laughs> um, well... I've been going to the New Plymouth Club too yeah. for almost two years now. And what? And and how how old are the players that you're playing against? Are they men or are they all around the same age? Or um, old fellas? <laughs> <laughs> Do you give them a bit of banter? <laughs> yep. <laughs> What's your best line, mate? When you got them. What's your best line when you got them? You're down, like on the eight ball and, and you're just about to sink it. Do you just look over to them and give them a wink? Or what, what's your style? I guess mild at them. <laughs> <laughs> your, dad, your dad's Zane, eh? Yep. Yeah. Okay, so, and you two have played together in the father and son competition as well, and you've been carrying them. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, so, we had to face other parents and kids and they were only one a game yeah yeah no. and 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 what you guys are just known what's your like what's your nickname mate because you know we used to have what nicknames when we went through white to up when we played especially played teams in auckland and that we used to have these nicknames what's yours and your dad's nickname what do you call yourselves like the white to the terrors or what 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 is your go-to name um so my coach gave me 
silent assassin. Ooh, yeah. Nice. Nice, Blakey. Oh, I love that. Love that, mate. Awesome. Silent assassin. I'm going to call you the silent assassin now. Okay, silent assassin. What next for you, bud? What's next for you going forward? You've obviously uh, the national champ. What do you want to do? You want to head overseas and try your chance your arm overseas? Yep, I'm going to train a lot. Yep. Yeah, and you're going to play on that, that World Series um, that's on the TV at the moment. It's been playing all week on Sky TV. Have you seen that? Do you want to play on that? Yep, one day. <laughs> one day. Oh, well, mate, it's been awesome to talk to you, Blake. You say hi to everyone down home for me, to yeah. your dad and, and everyone. Uh, did you go to Waitara High School? Yep. He's 15, yep. Kimpy. He's on his way to school in a I'm minute. Just, I'm just making Well, they don't all go to Waitara High School. What I want you to do is to go into the hall in Waitara High School and look up, and there's this photo of this handsome fellow in his Kiwi jersey, <laughs> and just do a little cut of care, mate, because that'll take you to the top. All right? That'll take you don't, to the top. Oi, just, just don't listen to him. He's the silent silent uncle, okay? We call him silent <laughs> yeah. uncle. Well done, silent assassin, mate. You're a champion. Awesome work. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, good. Kimpy? <laughs> I love that. Was awesome. That was awesome, mate. It's you know so cool to hear those stories. Like, um, just on a, on a on a little story like that. that I went to Cronulla. My, my mm. Parramatta was my team. I told you that story. My mum woke me up when I was just about to kick off for Parramatta, <laughs> and um, gave her an absolute tuna. But anyway, I made the New Zealand schoolboys went to Cronulla, and I was standing on the hill at Cronulla, and I'm watching. Parramatta, who's, who's my team, has got Eric Gross, Steve Eller, Mick Cronin, Peter Sterling, Paul Taylor at fullback, and then you've got Wynn, Ray Price, um, you know, just an absolute legend team. But in the Cronulla team, there's these two island boys with big afros, and they're smashing them, mate. They're absolutely smashing them, and they beat them. Cronulla beats them. And I went, who are those two guys out there ragdolling them? And my, my um, bullet said, oh, that's Kurt and Dane Sorensen. They're from New Zealand. And that, Izzy, was the day I decided to be a NRL player. I was 14. Mm. That's, that's that age that, that um, young Bernard Blake is, is at, at the moment where he says, I want to be on that world stage. Mate, he'll get there. Mm. Yeah. It's cool. It's, a, it's cool. a cool story. And, and like just, just hearing it in his voice, you know, excitement. He wants to train hard. He's saying all the right things. And he's dedicated himself mate and now he's getting the rewards so that was a special interview boys I really appreciated that that was cool that was real cool that's why we do the show to you know get get some folks on like that and, and really pump them up and, and get the silent assassin known around the country the silent assassin, he, a pub, like a pub sport as well he's you know mm. like watching those Ronnie O'Sullivan's and those just those gods out there on the snooker table it's actually huge in the UK. He's going to have some. He's going to have some fun in his life, young Blake. Awesome to catch up with him, Blake Bernard, the silent assassin. We're going to be back and we'll talk to you some more FIFA. Now, I actually, I think we should open the lines on this. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven FIFA. Any FIFA experts or FIFA players out there? Double eight double three. Kiz, you're not far away, mate. If no one calls, you're in here. You're going to explain the gravity of this to us because FIFA is moving away from EA Sports. And I think this is going to change the face of gaming and the sports gaming. I'm sure that there are, um, like the New Zealand, e, the Phoenix E game side, and uh, like, like there are teams that play obviously now around the world for good coins. So I'm pretty sure it's going to change the face of it. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Anyone know anything can explain what this is going to do? Would love to hear from you. Seven away from eight. It's Baz and Z for breakfast.
No, no, that wasn't me. No, that wasn't me. No, no, no. We, we, we had a little change of pace. They're moving forward. They've made some changes. Look, in all honesty, Young, I asked you the question about Volkman and Lusick, uh, you know, off the bench, uh, Montoya coming back. You know, like, do you reckon we're going to see those boys come off the bench? Do you reckon they're going to end up? Mate, it's a, it's a tough one. You know, mm. Volkman's 19. Lusick hasn't, you know, really... Does he does he come and they put put him in front of Otoluko, who's a up and coming twenty year old hooker that they've got big raps on? So mm. I think they're more depth and future players. Um, but you know, like I said yesterday, if Sean Johnson doesn't pull finger, mm. uh, then Nathan Brown is going to have no choice but to make some changes. Like you yeah. can you can't keep um, miss you know firing and missing week week one you fight like even against Canberra, yes he kicked the goal but he never played well. You know what I mean? You've got, so you've had three, probably half the games this year where he's sort of not firing. And as your as your number seven, that's the difference between Cooper Cronk, Thurston, Joey Johns, those players, is when they had a bad game, it was a good game. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And when they had a good game, it was a great game. Mm, good to great. Good to great. The difference. And uh, look, it's it's going to be an interesting watch this week when they take on the Rabbitohs. All the eyes will be on the Warriors because are we going to see a bounce back? Are we going to see some sort of fight back from the Warriors to just show some heart and desire for that club and the jersey? Put some mana back into it. Uh, we'll be watching it with, with some interest. Anyway, coming up, we're going to talk to Mick Downer. He's the coach of the Hawks Bay Hawks, the Taylor Hawks NBL. They're taking on the Southland Sharks tomorrow night down south. So a big hour coming up. Paulie Mwati, remember... Quizzy Dag every day. I'm going to go get me a McCafe right now. Here's Aroha for the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Shop the Chemist Warehouse Mayhem Sale and get up to half price off big brand vitamins and cosmetics. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCN's Wet Z with a little bit of spice of Kempi on the side with a Louis whipped up flat white to bring you home for the Wednesday 11th of May. We spoke to Alex Lowe before. If you just join us, we spoke to Alex Lowe. Alex Lowe, he is out of the UK about the news of the proposed new competition over in the north. Six nations from the north taking on six nations from the south. And uh, if you've missed that, make sure you head over to Baz and Izzy's podcast and have a listen. Have a listen to that. You'll get all the little bits of detail. Potentially another proposed change will be clubs up in the north taking on the clubs down here for a world club championship. How good would that be? Blues taking on the Scarlets or Harlequins or Munster, Toulouse, the big wigs up there 
facing the big wigs down here. So awesome catch up with Alex Lowe. So head over to the podcast and have a listen. Coming up, I'm going to talk some basketball with Mick Downer. He is the head coach of the Taylor Hawks. They are taking on the Southland Sharks tomorrow night. Live on SCNZ, like Aroha said in the news, we have hoops heads at an earlier time of 8pm tonight leading into live commentary of Game 3 of the NBL Finals between the Sydney Kings and the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. Back here in New Zealand, NBL is underway and the Taylor Hawks are once again looking like leading contenders for the title after falling short the previous two years in the grand final. Their head coach, McDowner, is looking to get them over the hump in his first season with the team, having previously been coached for the Canterbury Rams and the Brisbane Bullets. He joins us this morning to give us an update on our teams heading towards tomorrow night's match. Morning, Mick. Morning. Thanks for having me. No, thank you for having me, mate. How are you enjoying, uh, enjoying the beautiful bay? Oh, Awesome. As I talk to you, I'm at home, but I've got I can look out and I can see uh, see a bit of water, and it's uh, real nice. <laughs> it's really really nice. Paradise, they say. Better than better than uh, the other coast up in the New Plymouth area. It's uh, it's a beautiful part of the <laughs> of the country, mate. Now, um, but you you only relatively into the start of the season. Are you, how are you finding it, mate? Are you happy with how things are progressing with the team? Obviously, coming off the strong win against the Taranaki Ears in your last game. Yeah, it was good to bounce back against them because we dropped our um, our home opener um, in a in a close one. But um, I think just more the way that the way the guys played, way more to I guess the identity that we want to play, uh, more aggressive and up tempo. And uh, it was good to go out on the road and and um, and have a game like that um, straight away. As you know, when you if you lose a game, best thing to do is be able to turn around and play one not not long after. Hey, Mickey, only uh, one of two teams in New Zealand with all New Zealand players was that intentional? Uh, not really. Um, it ended up that way. It started uh, because the way the league was going to be with COVID and all that stuff, it was going to be a New Zealand-only league um, with a prov- uh, proviso that if government you know, changed all that sort of stuff, then we would allow imports. But that change came quite late. So us and one of the other teams, um, you know, we basically was like, well, we've got to put a team of New Zealanders together that can win win this thing. And then, then if it allows um, you know, imports in, then we would look at that. Um, but we've been able to secure, you know, several kind of like tall black national level players. So, you know, they're, they're, in our mind, they're as good as imports and we're pretty pretty happy with the group that we've got. So is Jack Salton, Jared Kinney, are they still to join the team or are they, they in there at the moment? Yeah, no, Jack, so um, Jack Salt's just battling through a bit of illness at the moment. Um, so we're we're hoping he come comes good. Um and Jared Kenny, uh, after he finished up in with the Cairns Taipans, um, his partner and him had uh, she, she's um, she's Irish, I think. Um, she mm. almost they um, they had to head back up to Europe just for a short stint. So he'll be with us pretty soon. Uh, we're hoping that he'll be back running around in Jersey next week um, as he as he comes back shortly. So we've just recently had Hiram Harris um, come back from the Adelaide 36ers in the Australian NBL. Oh, it'll be good to see that see the lads back in amongst it and playing uh, for the Bay Hawks, mate. I just want to ask you about the foundations and kind of the 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 combination that the Bay Hawks have built over the last couple of years. They've always had a franchise and a team that's been there or thereabouts. Uh, they've you know they've got a lot of history. They've always performed for you when you've come in. Have have you been trying to add to that foundation? What have you tried to instill your own little touches on on the team? And you spoke about the identity before and, and building that. How important is that for you? 
Yeah, look, it's been um, it's been a, a, a good, fun challenge to take my own personal coaching philosophy um, and like adapt it to the people and the talent that we have here. Um, you know, the guys that we've had, the cornerstone of players, uh, Ethan Ruspatch, Lorraine Rakawa, uh, Jordan Hunt, who's come back. Um, you know, they've got strengths, and it's the ability to try and figure out how do we how do we put people in positions to be successful and play play to their strengths. You know, within a within a team system. So, um, you know, new new group of people that have been successful, and so you know, having come up and cut and paste and cookie cutted my approach that I had down in Canterbury, I've evolved and, and tried to you know adapt to the group that we've had. So, time will tell. There's always teething teething problems early on, and you know you've got guys that are you know coming off either breaks or other seasons or, or trying to fit into the locker room. So. We're uh, we're working our way through that, but it always starts with the people and um, you know what they can they can bring to this group and you know if they feel valued and they feel like they can contribute and um, you know be ultimately play a key role in our in our success. Yeah, let's hope let's hope that they can really come in and make a, a hell of a difference for you. What was it like going up to the Olympics um, as part of the coaching team for the Aussies? Oh, it was. Um, I mean, it was a pinnacle event for my coaching. Like I started quite young and. Um, you know, I feel kind of blessed that I had had that opportunity. I think any any athlete or sports person will tell you that you know the higher you go um, with the event or um, you know world champs or something like that, you know the talent of the players and the coaches and the medical staff, like you've got the best of the best of the best competing. So um, you know the margins of error are so so small. Um, the result was frustrating, but a few years later it turned around and Australia finally won there the first Olympic medal after 50, 60 years going for it. But mm. my personal experience was just, yeah, it was, it was unbe- unbelievable. The only thing I'd say is a uh, hell of a lot of hard work in a short period of time, you know, like they got mm. late games and you're, you're only surviving on a couple of hours sleep and you're part of the support staff, but that's that's what the the job is. But, yeah, it was just like a blur, three weeks straight of just, you know, bang, 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 just mm. scouting and getting ready for games and watching games and, and all that sort of stuff. But um, towards the end there... Um, yeah, got, got to do a little bit of touristy stuff, which was, was pretty cool. Hey, Mick, um, Australian basketball's in an interesting spot at the moment, obviously significant growth. I don't know if you've seen this Liz Cambridge story at all. It's kind of blowing up over there. Um, that's quite enough. Another one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's an interesting character, isn't she? And, and that's kind of a bit of uh, – that's an unfortunate headline. Andrew Gaze, who does the SCN Drive show over in Sydney, just gave her a, a big old serve yesterday, and I think probably rightly so. A lot of her ex-teammates are feeling pretty gutted. But the, then you've got, on the positive side of it, the Tassie Jack Jumpers, like – what they've been able to do in the AMBL, like from a coaching perspective, that is quite incredible, isn't it? To be able to build what Izzy's talking about, those foundations, and implement them in year one. Oh, it's amazing. But the um, there's a guy that doesn't take any credit, but he probably um, has had a massive influence on that. And that's Mick Vakona, you know, one of New Zealand's all-time mm. greatest. He's, he's had a role of a, um, like a consultant for the team in regards to leadership and culture. And so with the club and their ownership and the vision that they wanted for, for Tassie. Um, and, and Scott Roth, the coach, who's, you know, got his playing playing vision of the team. Mick has just been that glue behind the scenes that has helped help with the players and, um, you know, help with the coaching staff, bring it all together. And, I mean, it's amazing. They're just going absolutely crazy um, in Tasmania for their team. And they play. They play hard. They, they don't give an inch. They People look at teams on paper and they just keep all the experts. They just keep scratching their head because they can't figure it out how uh, 
how they got that far, but it just shows you a piece of paper doesn't mean anything. Like you've got to you've got to front up, and it doesn't matter what your reputation is or what you've done in your career. It's like what are you doing tonight? And what are you doing right now? And uh, you know they've they've shown that, and I imagine they're inspiring a massive um, you know group of young young kids that are coming to games and watching them and, and be successful. So it's a, it's an awesome injection for the sport down in Tasmania. Oh, just certain breakers fans are absolutely thrilled to hear Mick Vicona um, inspiring with leadership another franchise <laughs> in, that, in that competition. It's probably a story for another day. Hey, mate, we'll, we'll let you crack on, but great to have you on the program and good to see you um, put your little flavour into the uh, Hawks down there and you guys are going you're going good, so all the best. And do you, quickly before we, we let you go, do you think that Tassie can nick one off uh, Sydney before it's done? Oh, it's going to be tough. It'd be nice if they did, though. Um, you know, it'd be really, really nice. But they are they're, they're they're climbing a pretty steep hill right now. So we'll um we'll see we'll we'll see. But it'd be it'd be good for their fans if they're able to just just get at least one in the in the final and just push it that bit further. I guarantee that's what the locker room would be feeling like right now. They they think they think they're unbeatable. Yeah, beautiful stuff, Mick. Appreciate your time, mate. Go well. Cheers, Thank Mick. You. Bye. There you go, McDowner. Is he? In, um, you'll be loving those Hawks. He's very clued up. He's come all the way through the Australian system. He's been to Olympics. Um, great get by the Hawks. And why is that that basketball network down there so strong? Is it a big? Is it big in the region? Uh, yeah, it is big. Hastings boys, they've got a uh, you know a, a good basketball system there. They've produced some pretty talented um, players throughout the years. You got the Bartlets that uh, I think everyone's still playing for them. Um, he's always been there or there. Uh, Paul Winitana, uh, Paul Winit- uh, is it Polder? Polder Winitana, sorry. And uh, he's um, yeah, like they just produce some some big talent around the around the region. So basketball is a a big sport. Um, but their, their next game is the fourth of June, so they're on the road for the next month. They're on the road for the next month, mate. So they they're, they're going to be away and. and you know, grinding on the road trying to get these these dubs. So, yeah, it's a special team that like they've always been there or thereabouts. So I'm not a huge follower of of the of the Hawks, but when I'm being in the back uh, back in the Bay, you've always just seen them that they've always been competing for for titles and there or thereabouts. Yeah, they always go. They're always thereabouts, and I actually think um, well, I'm trying to work out the lunch situation. So. Kempi and you bit on a lunch. <laughs> yeah, we smoked them too by thirty. So what's that? Unk? Yeah, that's lunch. You're on. But then wasn't yeah. there another lunch? I uh, just trying to can't work. Can't yeah, remember. You tried jumping on the you tried jumping on the ba- bandwagon, mate. Like I'd I'd unhook the trailer and I'm driving a, like a semi semi trailer in, in an F1 race with Izzy and trying to get my boys home the years and unfortunately they couldn't do it that night. They weren't listening, so. We'll pick that lunch up another time, but yeah, mate, you can like you tag along. You always tag along anyway. You you got you know deep pockets and you love a freebie. Um, but hey, <laughs> I was laughing as he, I, I was laughing, mate. I got it. Whitehead was a producer. Our high school's producer, a really good basketball program too. <laughs> I was laughing about that because he got a story, mate. I was playing first fifteen, and um, we played Otterhonga College. And the very next day, Whitehead was up against Otterhonga College in the basketball. They were down and play, but they had this really gun player in the Otorong Honga team and the our PE teacher said, hey Tony, do you want to have a game of basketball? And I'd been watching basketball at school but never really bounced the ball. Have you seen uh, Long Came Polly? 
Anyway, the guy, all he said to me was, just stick to that guy. Like, I was just, you know, real whippet. And just stick to that guy, and he never gets a ball. So I went out there, done it, and the guy couldn't get the ball, mate. I was like, I was stuck to him like glue. Anyway, I got the ball. <laughs> the ball just happened to drop to me, and I just took off down the court, bouncing the ball at 100 miles an hour, and forgot that the two-step rule, and just threw it at the backboard. <laughs> and it's hit the backboard. And I turn around, and I... I look at the bench and all the boys that could play basketball, I was in the fourth form, all the seventh formers, mate, are on their backs, mate, just pursing their pants and laughter. And the next minute, the cold card comes up in the, in the big hook. You're off. Get out Get of here. Off. Get out of here. <laughs> Man, honestly, honestly, oh. there's, a, there's a story for everyone. I love it. It's so I'm just watching Louis' face. He's just sitting there looking at you going, where's this going? I can imagine it, though. I can imagine it. You know, yeah. natural athlete. Go face guard that guy. Really stick mm. to him like glue. And Lockdown. Patrick yeah. Beverly. Yeah, Pat Bev. I bet you were talking some junk as well. Oh, I love it, Kempi. 18 minutes past 8 o'clock. There you go. There's a bit of a basketball update. Remember, hoops head tonight. Uh, we've got Casey, Justin, Rick Dog. Let it rain. And then into that commentary uh, of the... Tazzy Jack Jumpers, who you'd love to see get get a win against the Sydney Kings. And just that Liz Cambridge story I was talking about, it's a really interesting one. Um, that Andrew Gaze is... Who's in the wrong there, Louie? Like, obviously she said some despicable Her. comments. She made some despicable comments Her. against the Nigerian team. It's, it's, it's horrible, isn't it? But she's just coming out and... Just acting like she's, it's normal. It's okay. I, I, yeah. It, I don't know. You're right. It's, you know, mm. when someone does something that's like a bit off and then they just act like it's totally normal and it kind of can mm. give you that perception of, oh. But people, her teammates, the whole Australian basketball organisation, for context, she said, told the Nigerian players to go back to your third world country yeah. when she's gotten a bit worked up. In the Australian team, there is a Nigerian born Australian who has been very upset by it. She has then um, had support, Liz, but with the team, they've all tried to band around her and, you know, they've tried, this is by multiple sources, they've all tried to kind of get around her and say, okay, it's okay, let's move on. She's gone back to the LA Sparks, which she's one of the best WNBA players in the whole comp, and she's unloaded on them saying, in this video, saying, oh, it's so nice to be around people that care for me and support for me, pretty much just having a crack at her Aussie teammates and the whole Australian program. That's led to guys like Andrew Gaze who have given so much to the sport and to the green gold for so long to come out and say this is deeply offensive and hurtful and she's done it before she's got a track record she's a bit of an odd unit and um it's a it's a real shocker because she won't play for the green and gold ever again and she's probably one of the best basketball players in the world she's got the WNBA points record 52 in a game or something mate i just yeah cut like that is horrible comments from herself um you know coming from a country which has has had its own racial problems and and yeah it's it's not a great look. She's obviously Karen's messaged me and said LA's got to her head and you're right, LA has got to her head. <laughs> hey Kezza, <laughs> she's got all LA on it, mate. She's gone over there. She's in the big world because in America anything goes, mate. So yeah, it's crazy. Can she come back from this? She she can't come back from this. It's, it's all over for her back here. And in the Australian team, she won't play again now. The, the, the relationship, she's shown nothing to try and mend it as well. 20 minutes past eight, Paul Mawati is not far away. You do never say never, like you never say Joseph Parker and Tyson Fury wouldn't have a fight. But um, this one might be a bridge too far, 20 minutes past eight o'clock. But they haven't fought yet, Louis. 
But they haven't fought yet, so until they fight, then I'll give you your bet, okay? Uh, okay, Izzy. Okay, Izzy. 21 minutes past 8 o'clock. Here he goes, Izzy. He's on it again. <laughs> <laughs> Great savings every day. We're here with Chemist Warehouse, of course. Um, and Paul Mawadi, the party from TAB, is not far away. Half price off Maybelline and L'Oreal Cosmetics. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. 26 minutes past 8am this morning. We've got plenty going on around the world. Liverpool still locked at one all with Aston Villa. They've got a free kick that Trent Alexander-Arnold standing over. Sculsers around the world will be hanging on to that one with bated breath. We've got lots of racing at Riverton today. Sport around the world. You can find all markets at tab.co.nz. The party Paulie Mawati is with us. Paulie, how you doing? Yeah, morning boys. Very, very good. Thank you. Paulie, Paulie, Paulie. No songs still, is he? Mm. You noticed? Mm. Really, right. really dried up on the song front. He's, he's a little bit deflated like all us with the you know, warriors and betting and everything like that. It's all good. I, I can't compete with ACDC. <laughs> do you know what? I, yeah. I, I worry you might be kind of spreading your, spreading yourself too thin, Paul. Like I do hear you popping up on all of the shows. I, like, I remember once upon a time it kind of felt like we had something special going here. Mm. Yeah, I... Yeah, I'm cheap to be fair, so yeah, I'm, I'm all over the place. <laughs> cheap to get. I, I like that. Two ninety five, Paulie, the Warriors, they're blowing out. You taking much money on it? Well, no, not really, to be fair. I just had a look at the head-to-head market, and there's around 80% of the turnover in that market is on the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Um, so there hasn't been too much change in the sort of trends that we saw as soon as that market opened. Still waiting for those Warriors faithful to jump on the Warriors, as you say, at 295. But at the moment, uh, most of the action is on the Rabbitohs uh, to win on Magic Weekend. So, yep. If you are a Warriors supporter, um, I'm sure we'll see a wee bit of your cash uh, come our way the closer we get to game day was it Saturday night. But and apparently there's supposed to be a bit of rain, so surely that brings the two teams closer together. I actually like it. No Cam Murray too. We haven't spoken about that. No Cam Murray for this game. I've got one for you. Would will the match go to Golden Point? Like you're you're offering up twenty one bucks. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but, well if if the weather is uh, as anticipated and there is a bit of a rain about you got to think there's going to be a lot of these games are going to be fairly close, um, and so a golden point game isn't—it's not a crazy idea. So even though it's paying twenty-one dollars, there are a couple of games there where I'm very, very keen to jump on uh, a golden point. So I, I like the way you're thinking, Kempi. You're all, always looking for the big payday. <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> But it's true. But it is absolutely true. And uh, don't worry, the uh, Cinerama odds aren't out there yet, but I'm sure you'll feel the punch or the wrath of the T. Kemp account when they are poorly. Good to chat to you. Um, we've got Riverton to going, going today. I assume there's probably not overly too many promotions there, or are you treating the galloping fans down south? Uh, nothing sort of bonus back-wise at Riverton today, so... Uh, no, no, no. Let's have a look. There's a $20,000 guaranteed Lake Quaddy at Riverton today. That starts at race five, which is due to go at 254. 
Um, that's about it, I think, for Riverton. So, yeah, eight race card, a $20,000 guaranteed late quarter starting on race five. Beautiful stuff, Paulie. TAB.co.nz is where you can go hook your teeth into that quaddy. Go figure out exactly what's going on down there at Riverton. Watch the first couple of races, get your eye in, and then absolutely make them pay. I'm so surprised the Warriors aren't taking betting. I, I would think that people would be um, very keen to grab a piece of them just because I know what the Warriors faithful are like. And it's probably quite concerning that they're not. Maybe let's discuss that in a wee bit. Right now, let's head off to Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. Uh, we've got some sports headlines after that. Liverpool, Aston Villa still won all in the Premier League. Here is Aroha. <coughs> SCNZ, we are 27 away from 9am this morning. Ian Smith up after 9am. There's a bit of golfing news, boys. Izzy, Tiger, Phil, Foxy. They're all good. They're all going to be playing in the PGA Championship, which is uh, good to see. Uh, Of course, Phil Mickelson has been embroiled in the Saudi uh, Arabian-backed Ally V Tour controversy. Greg Norman, the shark, well, he's fronting all of that and he's digging his heels in. We're independent. I do not answer to Saudi Arabia. I do not answer to MBS. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He don't answer to no And you get what? Guess this, Louis. Get this. He's just been given another $2 billion to invest into this competition. <laughs> but, but, but he doesn't answer galore. to them. But it's free, yeah. it's unconditional. It's free money, is it? I want some of that $2 billion. It doesn't have to answer to them, Kempi. Mate, it's a, you're, you're on a roll, mate. You're, you're on the Tom Brady roll as well at $135 million. $135? $135, 137 $137? $357? $357. How much do they pay you to commentate at Sky Sports? That's, that's a well, lunch for $350 nothing. Tell you that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I reckon sports television networks around the world are absolutely rolling their eyes and cringing when they saw that news come out. Liverpool's just scored. Sadio Mane has put them 2-1 ahead. That'll be a relief for Jurgen Klopp indeed. Uh, another thing we spoke about yesterday, boys, was Stephen Adams. Now, Stephen Adams... He played so well for the Grizzlies yesterday. He hasn't been in because he's had COVID. He didn't play in the first round. They thought it was a bad matchup. But here's the great Charles Barclay talking about Stephen Adams and his impact on yesterday's game against the Warriors. Their lack of size is a big deal. Adams, he was dominating inside, rebound, offense rebounding. Adams was huge to me. Uh, Unfortunately, he had COVID to start it. But now it's too late. This would have been a very interesting series if Stephen Adams would have been healthy the entire series because he makes a big difference for, for the Grizz. There you go. That's Chuck. Wow. Yeah. That's big. Big from Charles. Big Charles Barkley. Look, yeah, bit. you reckon they're, 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 they're done? They're done? 3-1. Yeah. 
Wow. They can't win three in a row from there, especially with Ja Morant on one leg. But look, Stephen Adams was a huge miss. And, and actually, Stephen Adams was on fire himself in the post-game press conference yesterday. He was really feeling himself after a double-double. Stephen, you're, you're, you're a big guy. I'm curious uh, if you could just kind of speak to... What do you mean by big, mate? You're very large. Are you saying I'm fit? <laughs> No, never. Bloody wanker. Watch yourself. Get <laughs> <laughs> oh. Stephen A. You love him, mate. You see what he wears to the to the game? Hunting and fishing like <laughs> swannies? Everyone's wearing their Louis, their, their, their little you know, shark and well, alligator shoes or whatever they wear. But, mate, it's so, it's, he's just so Kiwi. It's real good. I love it. Yeah, he, he is. Um, he's the best. And unfortunately for him, he's kind of been on the back burner with um, this. Well, in the first series against the first playoff series against the Timberwolves, they just thought it was a terrible matchup against Carl Anthony Towns. And then COVID has been a big issue for him. So uh, he's back now and he's playing really well. Meanwhile, the other Warriors, double eight, double three, Vaughn's come through. Kempe, the Warriors are a big chance. The Rabbitohs lineup. This week is pretty weak, and they've shown that they're down on confidence as well. Well, they they haven't got a weak side. They've lost they've lost um, Cam Murray, which is a massive loss in the middle of the park because he does so much work and and tidying up. He's basically the heart of the side. So, uh, hence the the question of Paulie Mawadi and around maybe a full time draw might be a, a way to look at. It. I I actually think the Warriors because Cam Murray's out of it right back in the game. They bring Tohu Harris back. They've got a little bit of. Uh, seniority back in the tight side with um, Matoya. The, the the one I want to see is whether or not Brown changes around the interchange of Fanua Blake and Lodge. So who does he start with? Because if you look at his bench, he's gone again for another big bench. You know what I mean? So he, there's no there's no number fourteen on the bench. He's got um, Pene, Murdoch, Masala, Afour, and Murchi. Were you surprised to see Katoa out of the uh, 17? Yeah. Look, he's he's a young kid. I thought he went really well last year. And, and you know, it does him no world of a, um, good with the, with his confidence when they keep pulling him out and putting him back in the side. He can't get on a roll. I like his energy when he comes onto the football pitch. Well, he just got told by Nathan Brown that he played his best game ever, literally two games ago. Yeah, I, mate, I, I don't know. You know, There's some, some interesting decisions from Brownie, let's be brutally honest, but let's see what he does with that, that interchange. I was having a look at one thing you don't do is go look at the comments section under the Warriors' uh, you know team namings, but one of the interesting ones that I've seen, Kempi, I'd love to get your take on it, was Ewan Aiken chucking him in that centre. You think that's a... I was reading a lot of comments about Ewan Aiken potentially putting him in the centres. He's played there a little bit and potentially doing a better job than, than the current crop. You think that could be an option? Oh, look, I do. I think you know he's played most of his football there. I don't think he's he's much of a threat on that left mm-hmm. edge. You know what I mean? Like you and Aiken, Viliami Kukau. You know what I mean? Like that's the type of player that you're looking at. Ali Lautidi. Um, yeah. You know, you and Aiken. What five foot ten? He'd be struggling to be a hundred kilos. Um, and you look what Jesse Ramian did to him when he he took that ball on a, on a good line. And although Jesse Ramian got put in the been for 10 minutes, you know, you don't have a centre beasting your, your back row. It just, it's not a good feel for your team. So um, I could just see them with Valia and Pompey as they're just trying to build some combinations out out wide. And Frank Endicott touched on that. Eh? If he, if he yeah. was in there, he, he seems to think that one of the players that the club needs to sign is an out-and-out international-class centre. Yeah. Yep. A centre, definitely a, a centre and a spine. Most of the team really is just like it. When you start to add it up, there are upgrades across the park. Though Torhu Harris coming back today, uh, coming back this week is a 
a massive, massive bonus. Uh, 0800 we've got a little window here for you to get in and talk some Warriors. I know you don't like it when we don't talk about them because we get texts like, we think we've avoided it long enough, can we go back to slamming the Wars? Well, maybe you want to be positive. 0800 can they knock off the Rabbitohs like Vaughan has said on double eight double three? Let's hear from you. It is 20 minutes away from 9 o'clock. Liverpool leading Aston Villa 2-1 in the Premier League. We'll be back in a bit to talk. Listening to Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. Quarter to nine this morning. Smithy's not far away. Right on to you, Phil. Joining Team Tiako today. Fellas, can't wait. Let's go racing. There you go, Phil. Jumping on the ship and getting involved with horse ownership. Phil, what do you got? What's DC Alice managed to snag you for? <laughs> Let us know. Is it is it that Savabile cult they've got going? I saw an ad for that recently. What have you got? Let us know on double eight, double three. Izzy? Yeah. We've just had some late breaking audio come through to the show. Is it? Afternoons what? with Staffy have got mm. themselves a very nice wee interview with Matt Pierce, who's a sharp rugby brain out of South Africa. He works for Supersport. He comes down under, uh, does a lot of the commentating. He's had an interview with Matt Pierce, and apparently there's a great Izzy Dag story that they were just desperate for us to play. <laughs> what is it? Let's find out. Just, okay. I just wanted to know, I was, I was looking at New Zealand's favourite brands list in the newspaper this morning. And I just wondered, after all the work that you guys have put in and, you know, just the training and the effort and the, the effort that you make to engage the fans, that you can only be New Zealand's second favourite brand after a chocolate. How does that make you feel? And he said, is that, uh, is that Whitaker's? <laughs> and he said, the peanut flat. And I said, yes. He said, oh, that's good chocolate. <laughs> and... Mate, it made every it made every television news bulletin that night. And he said, uh, you know, basically, mate, what we want to do is just work a little bit harder every day and every week, and then maybe one day we can be better than the chocolate. <laughs> and uh, I mean, it was just gold. And and I, mate, the next day I got back to uh, Clearwater, that resort where we stayed, and and there was a box, like a massive cardboard box of Whitaker's chocolate in the name of Matt Pierce. Um, for the incredible PR work that I'd done for them the day before, <laughs> they 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 got onto every national news bullet. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Do you remember when you pumped up Whitakers and got Matt Bess a bunch of chocolate? I remember it vaguely. Um, it was in Christchurch. You were playing South Africa 2016 in the South, and yeah, oh, I don't remember that exact the exact wording of it, but that's obviously what I said. And uh, look, obviously I've carried on the tradition and and Whitaker's has been part of my diet since I retired and, and it's just, you know, I love it. It's like, look, that was back then when creamy milk wasn't really on the shelves that it is today. So if we're going to compare, let's be honest, boys, Whitaker's is leading the, the, you know, leading the competition when it comes to chocolate. What is your favourite? Oh, man, I love a creamy milk. I'm creamy milk all day. I could smash a whole block. Easy. Uh, I'm um, peanut butter. Peanut, oh. The peanut butter, because I don't know if they still make it, but they back in the day, 
they had a they had the peanut butter Whitakers and they just inject a little bit of peanut butter into the. Uh, I don't know if they're still doing the collab, but that's delicious. And then just the fr- the forest fruit and nut. That, I mean, that's just the classic, yeah, isn't it? What do you think, Kimby? Salty. Cream, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm not a chocolate guy. I'm really. Um, oh, whatever. Uh, seriously, no, I'm not. A, I'm not a chocolate guy. <laughs> listening to Izzy, listen to Izzy pick it up like at the first thing. Going, was it Whitaker's chocolate peanut slab? Like, yeah, Izzy's had a few peanut slabs. I can tell you. I guess he probably still got plenty of peanut slabs. If they delivered him a box, what did they deliver you as? No, they delivered me nothing. They, they gave oh. me absolutely zero for that comment. And, um, yeah, he's a funny man. I met Pierce. That was, that was a good little banter. <laughs> but I, I do love a peanut slab. I do love a peanut slab. Look, some people hate peanuts in their chocolate. Let us know. Do you hate peanuts in your chocolate? Like my wife, she absolutely hates peanuts in her chocolate. But for me, Whitaker's peanut slab... We'll have to go down as one of the greats. That and creamy milk. Oh, that's us. Yeah, I don't. I don't think anybody's questioning what Whitaker's. Uh, they are a superior chocolate brand than um, Cadbury. We're not big Cadbury people anymore. After they pulled their, um, they stopped making it here. Eh? They shut down the factory and stuff, and and that didn't go down well. And then there was the palm oil, <laughs> the palm oil scandal as well. There's, chocolate's a big deal in New Zealand. Nigella Lawson. Of course, the pristine uh, brand of Nigella Lawson going hand in hand with Whitakers. Yeah, no, there's, there's, um, there's a lot there. I'm quite sad that Matt Pierce took all that chocolate. Did he give you any? Nah, nah, he gave me nothing. Oh no, he actually did. He actually did. I remember. He captain's run. He was there on the sidelines. He handed me a couple of blocks, a couple of little peanut slabs. So he did. He did. Oh, I've got to hold him to that. He gave me a couple of peanut slabs, and I went back and scored two tries. That's all right. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we're gonna. <laughs> I just, I just love how you throw that in at the end. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just had to. I scored twelve that year. But anyway, um, it's okay. Ooh, <laughs> the rebound after the World Cup emission, just the revenge year of Izzy Dag. Yeah, leave me out again. Don't ever do that again. Nah, so so boys. <laughs> Look, I just want to talk to I know you touched on the golf before. I know we're going to go back. Um, there was a great little clip. Thanks for, for showing that. But um, I just, with the, the, the golf, uh, with the LIV situation in the PGA, they're actually gaining momentum, Louis. I'm just reading uh, Greg Norman's comments. They've got 19 out of the top 100 players committed to the Centurion, which is their first event. And they've got five of the top 50 uh, committed as well. You've got Lee Westwood, and you heard his comments, mm-hmm. like golf mm-hmm. is their job and they need to get paid for their job to be able to survive, and that makes perfect sense. Well, Lee Westwood has his missus on his bag, so um, that's probably... She, oh, is it Ian Poulter? No, I might, might have that one wrong. But the, no, Lee Westwood. No, it yeah, is Lee, Lee, Lee Westwood. Westwood so, yeah. you know, he's got to keep keep the birds, uh, keep keep his wife happy, which is good. So, Lee Westwood, Richard Bland, Mickelson, uh, you've got Sergio Garcia, Martin Kahn, Ian Poulter expected to take part. So, you know, like he's he's gaining some some progress. He's gaining a little bit of, um, you know, a bit of pace with this situation, you reckon? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, they are. You look at what's the common denominator of all those guys. They're all Kimpy's age, so that's thirty-five. Um, like until they snag one of these young kind of top top fifty players, like a Max Homer, you know, someone that's still on the up. I'll probably. Who do you think's gonna? Who do you think it's gonna be that's gonna go break the ice and then bang the floodgates open? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, oh, Bryson. Bryson. Do you reckon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. I think he's probably got that kind of personality I, I type. I think they'd wave him off. <laughs> they don't want him. 
<laughs> and then I think they'll be going, see you, mate. Yeah, he's a bit of a twat, I heard. <laughs> uh, 11 tries in a season, slagging off PGA players. Yeah, I love this version of you. Louis, they 12. still make the peanut. Tw- 12, Louis. <laughs> they still make the peanut butter. I'm a big fan of the new blonde flavour. But the Whitaker's fancy one with the coffee in it is the bomb. That's from Mark. Mark, appreciate that. Eight away from nine. Smithy to sleep on it after this. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.